I was a sinner, wretched and vile as could be. I had faced disappointment, for tomorrow no hope could I see. I went to the master, he took me just as I was. With love and compassion, he put my sins under the blood. Under the blood, my sins are hidden, washed by the flood of the crimson river to the depths of the sea. Never to be remembered, my sins are under the blood. Satan tries to remind me of the man I used to be. He brings up my past and all those dark memories. That's when I remind him. I'm not the man that I was. Praise God, I'm forgiven, and my sins, they're all under the blood. Under the blood, my sins are hidden, washed by the flood of the crimson river to the depths of the sea, never to be remembered my sins. Are under the blood, under the blood, my sins are hidden, washed by the flood of the crimson river to the depths of the sea, never to be remembered, my sins are under the blood, my sins are under the I'm Bobby Mullins, and I want to welcome you to a Fresh Start TV program where the premise behind our program is that at some time we all need a fresh start. I've needed fresh starts in my life, and I know people who've needed fresh starts, and just about all of us need one, one or more at some time, and I'm thankful that our Lord is the God of the second chance, third chance, fourth chance, and so on. And always takes us, uh, when we're at those points in our lives, we need that fresh start and he'll help us to start anew. Now in the program tonight, uh, I'm going to go back to a passage. One of the first verses I learned when I was a child is that the Bible says that we are ambassadors for Christ from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. When I was growing up, uh, our church had missions programs. The girls had GAs, Girls in Action. And then the boys had RAs, Royal Ambassadors. And we could start when we were like seven or eight years old and you became a page and then a knight and so on. And it was a pretty neat thing. But the one thing we learned, this passage I'm going to read tonight was one of the key passages that we learned. And then we also learned the Great Commission, Romans 28, 19, and 20. Before I get into the scripture passage and the reading tonight, I just want to mention that uh, 
I have a website, www.drbobbymullins.com, and they'll put it there on the screen. You have to spell out D-R-B-O-B-B-Y-M-U-L-L-I-N-S.com. But uh, that has a lot of information about uh, the ministry that I have. And also, uh, I've written two books, and there are links on the website where you can click on several links uh, to order Divine Disciplines, God's Training Ground for Spiritual Growth and Maturity. And then also, if you go to the bottom of the page, there's a picture of the cover of Channel of Blessing, uh, how to identify and apply your spiritual gift. And I'll guarantee you, if you don't know your spiritual gift, you will after you read that, but click on that and you can order it. Also, there's a fresh start on YouTube where you can click on that link and it will have all 184 programs of a fresh start available to view. Plus we have all the special music separately, each song and then some sermon vignettes. We also have my sermon series on spiritual gifts that I preached at a pastorate. And then I actually covered the seven main divine disciplines on seven different programs of A Fresh Start. I've also written some songs over the years, and about 20 of those are available at uh, sheetmusicplus.com, and there's a link there where you can click on it. But that's just the way that I'm able to stay in touch with uh, the people who view the program, and, and thank you so much for your support. We're a nonprofit ministry, but donations to Back to the Basics Ministries are tax deductible. And you can go to my website too, and there's a donate link if you would like to help to support us. Well, first of all, tonight I want to begin reading from the fifth chapter, 2 Corinthians, with verse 17. Therefore, if any man, and we could say here, if any man, woman, boy, or girl is in Christ, you're a new creature. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things are become new. A fresh start. <laughs> and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by, through Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world uh, they're not imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as through Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray to you in Christ's stead uh, to be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. You know, many times in my life I've seen a sign on a billboard or an advertisement somewhere where it says, Under New Management. Now when we see that sign, there are a couple of reasons. While they want you to know this restaurant or this business or whatever is under new management. It's to let us know that positive changes have been made uh, to a place where 
They need to be made. Things have not been positive. Maybe uh, the service wasn't as good and wasn't kept up as clean as it should be. Things had happened that had caused people really not to go to that restaurant or that business. So they want you to know it's under new management. And then it's to let us know that they're planning for success to be restored to a place where there was success in the past, but where most recently there's been a decline in business. I'll tell you what, I like to see that. I remember places I've grown up, uh, you know, uh, eating establishments and then they kind of went down and you sort of missed them and you did. And then they open up and they're close to what they used to be. And that's just a real pleasure. You know, people will come back who you used to see there all the time. So under new management, Many people are familiar with the uh, Peabody Hotel in Memphis. It's a national landmark and treasure. It's known for the ducks that come down off the roof and they march into a fountain, uh, swim around that all day. Then at night they have the march where they come back from that. They walk to an elevator and get on in and go back to where they stay for the night. Well, when I was a young person, the Peabody Hotel was something we had uh, high school formals and things like that were held in the grand ballroom and it was something to get to go to the Peabody Hotel, but then it went down. And you know, for years it was closed. And I, you know, I thought how sad, the grand Peabody Hotel, then it got under new management and opened up again. And one of the things that was interesting to me, they did a picture in the newspaper and they showed the hotel like it looked before it had reopened and then showed it after it opened, after it had been steam cleaned and all that. And my, it was amazing the difference when you got all that dirt and soot off of it. But the title said, Under New Management. And I want us to think about that tonight. When you get saved, when I got saved, we're under new management. You know, God controls everything, but until we put our faith and trust in Jesus, you know, a lot of times we make decisions on our own and we live our own life. And so when we get saved, we are to come under the new management of the Lord God Himself through Jesus Christ. I'm going to go on and give you the four main uh characteristics that I see from this passage because on this program a lot of time I have good intentions to cover a whole sermon but I don't. But I want you to hear this because if you're recently saved, you may have been saved a long time and really haven't been letting the Lord be totally in control of all of your life. Here's what should be characteristic of you. First of all, there's new life in Christ. Secondly, you have a new look in Christ. Thirdly, you have a new lease on life. And then fourthly, you have a new lot in life. You know what I like? It says there, if I don't get to this, but it says that we're ministers of reconciliation. We are to be ambassadors for Christ. Isn't that wonderful to think? You're a minister. You're an ambassador. That after um, we get saved, you know, really, the Lord could bring us on to heaven but you know why He leaves us here on earth? To represent Him as His ministers of reconciliation and then as ambassadors for Christ. Let's break this down. First of all, what about your new life 
in Christ. You have a new manager over your life. And one of that is in your conscience. I tell you, there are some things today as I look at our world and the evil in the world and things going on, and I don't try to argue with people who want to argue with about the faith and about Jesus and so on. I do try to share Christ and why I'm saved and my testimony. I encourage them to try to read the Bible and let the Bible speak to them. But one thing that does happen, I tell folks, if they get saved, truly saved, things are going to change in their life. They're going to have the right kind of thoughts about anything and everything because there's a new life in Christ in your conscience. Conscience is distinguishing between right and wrong with the sense that one should act accordingly. Well, I've had a lot of people say they're Christians, but one thing about it, if they are, they sure don't act like it. When you get saved and you're truly saved and you put your faith and trust in Christ, you're a new creation. There's new life in Christ and your life will change. The Holy Spirit is in you. And there are things that even you may not know all the verses in the Bible that relate to a particular subject and if something's okay to do or not to do, but the Holy Spirit will prompt you and let you know when it's not the right thing. So you have new life in Christ in your conscience, in your convictions. A, base, a conviction is a basic scriptural principle which you purpose to follow without compromise. I guess there are some questions when people ask me, I really don't have to think much about it. And I tell them, no, I can't do that. They'll say, well, why not? Everybody else is doing it. And, I, and I'll say, well, I've given my life to Christ. And because I've given my life to Christ and seek to be like Him as much as possible, that's something that I just cannot participate in. So there's new life in Christ in your conscience, in your convictions, and in your character. Character is what you are. And you know it said even a child is known by his action and it's important to teach children the right thing. But character is that combination of qualities that distinguishes you morally and ethically from others. Oh, try to be a person of character to have the kind of character that the Lord Jesus would have. And let me tell you, when you get saved, that doesn't mean that you isolate yourself from the world and you're just doing things separately. Jesus went in the world. He was criticized for being around sinners and tax collectors and so on. The thing about it is this, Jesus was in the world, but He was not of the world. And He stood apart from others. So you're under new management. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, you're a new creation. There's new life in Christ. Secondly, you have a new look in Christ. Now, a new model of what, a Christian, what you ought to be in the way you act. I used to be very legalistic and, um, you know, you couldn't wear long hair and, uh, you, you know, that kind of stuff. Certain clothes you wouldn't wear and that sort of thing. And I think we can all be pretty reasonable and balanced in that. I used to, when I preach, I always wore a tie and coat and all that. And, 
And I still do for the proper occasions, but you, you know, that's not the thing to look at. The Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance, but Jesus looks at the heart. And the main thing is to have the right kind of heart. But when you get a new look in Christ, this is what I mean. In your conversation, boy, you ought to talk differently if you've been a person who uses a lot of profanity and you're always criticizing and cutting down people. I remember uh, one of the things that I will hear about people who've been in the world and boy, been pretty hardcore is people will talk about, they just don't say things they used to say or, you know, they're, they're just, they've got a kinder spirit and that, that's how it ought to be. The Bible says, let your conversation be as it becomes of heaven. There's a new look in Christ in your conduct. Uh, if you're the kind of, you know, kids in school and I tell them yes when a child gets saved they ought to know you act differently if you're the kind of kid who's always cutting up in class and being disrespectful to your teacher and causing trouble and that sort of thing when you get saved you ought to change you ought to be different you ought to be is the best kid in class one of the most helpful kids who would be in that class and in your occupation where you are it means you're not the one who's telling the dirty jokes or criticizing another employee and so on. There's a way to have that new look in Christ in your conversation and conduct, but do so with humility. Don't put other people down in the process. And then in your countenance. <laughs> I had a friend, a great guy, but he had a, pic he had a picture made one night. He was a rebel rouser, as we called him. And in our state convention, if something wasn't right, he wrote letters to the editors all the time about what they weren't doing right. But he was, he was a good man. I prayed with him many times. And boy, that was a wonderful experience and influence on me. But he had a picture made for something. And he had a hat on. It really wasn't a cowboy hat or a baseball hat. It was a different kind of hat. And in it, he wasn't smiling very much. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun with that. I remember one guy who he, he and this pastor would go at it back and forth good-naturedly. <laughs> and that other fellow said, you look like a poster child for the joyless Christian society. Hey, friends, when you get saved, don't look like a sourpuss all the time. Now, we do get angry about things and all, but we can learn, don't let it affect you so much, and especially toward other people. Man, have the joy of the Lord on your heart. I remember um, I had a seminary professor who's going to be with the Lord now, same age as me, but he had blonde hair. And he said that they went to one of the, at that time, Soviet bloc countries and uh, that had recently, you know, been freed. And, and they went out there and they began to um, witness to people. And he was sitting to the side and one of the, a couple of the folks from that country and came up to him, they were dark haired people and, and all. And they looked at him and said, uh, you're from America, aren't you? And he said, uh, yeah, uh, did, could you tell because of my blonde hair? And they said, no, because of the hope that is on your face. Wow. There's just something, folks, when you're at peace and you get at peace with God, it kind of affects even your countenance. And he was able then to witness to them saying, no, Yes, I have a hope because I live in America, but let me tell you about the one we all hope in and can trust in and witness to him. 
So when you get saved, you're a new creation, under new management, new life in Christ, a new look in Christ, and you have a new lease on life. You know, there's security and stability. Your whole scope of life changes. I know some men I've met who served time in prison and had done some pretty hardcore things. But I tell you what, I had the privilege at times to go to a federal prison in Memphis and Wanda and I would sing and play and uh, I would speak sometimes. I went to the state prison, I went to the local jail and all. But I remember in federal prison, I met a couple of guys and one had been a hell's angel. <laughs> had tattoos and all before tattoos became, you know, people wear them like they do today. And uh, he just had a smile about him and a peace. And I got to know him, and this was in 1980 or 81. He wasn't even to be able to be paroled till 1992. And they had offered it before then, but he would not give some information to, that would incriminate some of the guys he rode with, you know, as a hell's angel. But I just remembered that. The peace that was on the, the, his countenance and all, even with 12 more years or so in prison, I'd love to know what happened with him. But he would come to those chapel services and you could just tell something was a lot different. I'll guarantee you those hell's angels with a man, he's a heaven's angel now is what he is. So there's security. You know that God's going to protect you on your new lease in life. There are storms around us at times, but Jesus can speak peace over the storms that are in our life. There's stability. It says in 1 Peter 5.10, the Lord has come to establish us and strengthen us and settle us. I guess there are times in my life I just say, Lord, I'm just not settled right now. Help me to get settled. Well, see, He's manager of my life and the Lord wants us to be settled and, and He'll just help to bring some calm there. There's a song that says, sometimes He calms the storm and sometimes He calms me. So you're under new management if anyone be in Christ. You have new life in Christ, a new manager, a new look in Christ, a new model, a new lease on life. You've got a new motivation to get up and get going every day because there's something about every day. It may not be the best day uh, as far as weather or other things, but you have just as much Jesus in you on those days as you do any other day of the week. One other thing that happens, a characteristic when you come under new management, you have a new lot in life. And you know what that new lot in life is? Now, we all, I, I've been a full-time minister since 1981. Not everyone's called to be a full-time minister. I've pastored churches. I've had an itinerant ministry. I've been a music evangelist, you know, things like that. But your new lot in life is this. We all have a ministry. It says here, I just love this, that you are ministers of reconciliation. Reconciliation is to help people get reconciled to God, to help people get right with God. Folks, there are all sorts of ways that you can have a witness and be an ambassador for Christ. The ministry, there are all sorts of ministries. The methods are different. I saw a story the other day that a pastor had put up there on Facebook, and he said that 
he had gone to a restaurant one day with some fellow ministers and said they would get together regularly at that restaurant, bring their Bibles, and they'd have a Bible study and all. And said, of course, a lot of public people, it was a public place, a lot of people were there. But he said he noticed one day an old man, uh, just kind of unkempt, but said he came to a table and he sat down at that table and he put out a sign that said, free prayers. He said it took a little bit, but then somebody came over there and that man sat down and prayed. And then somebody else came over and they sat down and they prayed. And he said, for the time that those preachers said they were there with their Bible study, said there was someone who came over to pray with that elderly gentleman the entire time. Said some would leave groups they were with. Folks, that's a minister of reconciliation. That man was being an ambassador for Christ that day. Those preachers, and I, I'd have probably been put to shame a little bit too. You know, it just really spoke to them. So remember, one of the reasons God leaves you here on this earth after you get saved, if you're saved, is that you'll be a minister of re reconciliation, a new lot in life with a new message. You can be that minister of reconciliation right where you are. You know, Jesus said to take the message to the whole world. Well, you know where the world is? Right out your front door. Sometimes it's right at the back door. I remember when the neighborhood I grew up in, four backyards would come together and you could sit at the fences. We only had fences in the backyard, not the front. You could sit there and talk to your neighbor. So folks, it can happen anywhere. You know, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. I want to ask you today, are you saved? Have you become a new creation? It's as simple as this. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how we all get saved. That's how Billy Graham got saved. He responded at a brush arbor at a revival meeting, but folks, you can do it right there in a hotel room in a at a hospital bed and just pray something like this, Dear God, I admit I'm a sinner. I confess of my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and my life right now to be my Lord and Savior, believing that you died on a cross for my sins and you rose again. And I want to serve you and be a minister of reconciliation as the new creation that you have made in me. And folks, if you pray that simple prayer, Welcome to God's family of faith. And you'll be able to say with me as I close this program every week, thanks be to you, O God, who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.